start, are we are we going to mention anything that you and I work for the same company now? Or is I don't that mind. is that is that okay? Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of some some interesting way to some way to make it interesting, but I can't really think of anything. I didn't know if you wanted to. I mean, it's like it's some secret, but I'm not embarrassed to work for you. Thank That's you, what you mean. I don't. I think you work more for my wife than you do me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both do, don't we? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, well, hey, maybe this can be the show. What? And, uh, and, we, and we just cleared the news. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. So John and I once again work for the same company. So that's fun. Although we yeah. haven't even had a single phone call yet <laughs> together. No, I've <laughs> talked to you for like the better of maybe five minutes. Yeah. Actually, no, I have not. Have I not? I have not talked to you at all this week. It's been through. Slack. I don't think we have. Yeah. I don't think we have talked. Yeah. I have people wondering about you. Who's wondering about me? Inquiring minds. Yeah. My former company that wants to contract me. <laughs> yeah. They, um, they don't seem to, I don't know, either I'm not responsive on email, which is extremely likely, or they aren't. Yeah. That's an interesting situation, I think, because uh, I basically got laid off <laughs> and Jeremy hired me. Yep. For those looking for details. <clears throat> so anyway, we'll see how long we can work together without killing each other. No, uh, we actually, long, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think we're going to work together that much, really, because I'm off in integration land and you're doing a bunch of Salesforce related development stuff so i'm in the happy soup and again yeah you're right that's right you're in the happy <laughs> soup um and yeah like i said we haven't even we went not is this two weeks now or one week this is the first week right yeah yeah and we haven't but we went a whole week and haven't talked to each other that's pretty crazy that's normal it's not like it? it's not like it's a it's not like it's a gigantic company i mean <laughs> well it feels like two weeks because we didn't record last week because i was I super busy so last week was my last week and you think you think your last week will be kind of coasting by and just, you know, making sure everyone's got what they need before you sign off. No, I was in the middle of a release cycle working freaking 10, 12 hour days, fixing stuff and releasing stuff and then fixing stuff that I didn't fix or I didn't even catch in testing. And it was stressful. Well, and when you're, when you're the only developer, it's like, yeah, um, before you're gone, we're going to need you to um, implement all the features and fix all the bugs and deploy to production. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and train these uh, outside consultants. They're going to take over your job. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a real quick thing, right? On a yeah. hundred thousand line code base or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's train them up big. real quick. Yeah. Uh, brain dump, John. Give him a brain dump, right? That's, well, what, that's I, what we call it, right? I had that's several meetings. I had several meetings, and I tried to, but they weren't asking any questions, so that made me really nervous. That is that is disconcerting. That's my new word today. Disconcerting. Yeah. I mean, at least you know, give me feedback when I'm trying to explain things. But no, it's just dead silence, and I'm like, any questions? Nope, straightforward. I'm like, dude, it's mm. not straightforward. I'm telling you. Yeah. Either that or I'm really dumb. Either that or these guys are really smart or I'm just really, really dumb. You've seen this code base. Yeah. Am I dumb? Uh, no. Well, I mean, that's beside the point. <laughs> you know, both of these things, both, both of these things can be true, John. <laughs> yeah. Am I dumb about this? My gain no. is kind of high. Hold on. I didn't think I would get that loud, but apparently I am today. And sorry if this comes across in the audio, but I have a Roomba that's pounding the door trying to get in. <laughs> room but, but it's it, it shall not succeed <laughs> uh, well, hey, i have this. a uh my daughter is ha uh practicing her flute because she's got to record herself and submit it for her audition for her placement next year or something so you might hear some oh. flute noises okay. in the background yeah little uh stars and ups forever so uh piccolo solo <laughs> oh, never mind that's just a band joke um not even really a joke <laughs> I wasn't in band, so I don't get it. I didn't get. <clears> you know the stars band. and stripes at the, towards the end of Stars and Stripes Forever. You got those that the piccolo. It's really a soli, I guess. Um, it's like the piccolo section does the. I don't know. I'm not going to sing it. You should. That's why people I, listen to this show yeah. is to listen is, to you sing. It? Well, instead of uh, listening to me sing, why don't we listen to? I I clipped a um, a little something for you that John. Uh, I know you're going to love. 
Ready for it? <laughs> okay. I don't even know where to stop this, so I'll just stop it. But, uh, anyway, here we go. Today, more than ever, in times like this, at times like these, during these God. times, in these troubled times, challenging Jeez. times, trying times, in these times of uncertainty, during this time of great uncertainty, during these uncertain times, during these uncertain times, in uncertain times, in uncertain times, uncertain times, unprecedented times, unprecedented times, unprecedented times, this unprecedented moment in our history, this time of social distancing, while things have slowed down, as we turn more in. Anyway, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. So there's, <laughs> are you every, triggered, John? Every freaking thing, every <laughs> article I read, every commercial that shows up, I'm just, I'm so sick of hearing these, the, the, you know how we did, we, we used to do this. So we had the words not to use anymore. What was that? Like the words from the previous year that you're not supposed to use this next oh, year. Oh yeah. I forgot about those. Yeah. This needs to go on that list. These, the, these times or you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't stand it. The, the band word list. What happened to the band word list? I liked that. It feels like we're trying not to say COVID for some reason, or we're really? trying not to say this epidemic for some reason, and we're trying to find this nice way of, of saying something that everyone already knows what we're talking about. It's frustrating. Yeah. Like, is it nicer? Is it more, is it, does it, is it like not less likely to trigger people when you say in these troubling times? I don't know. What was Salesforce's? Um, they had, uh, where was that? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. We know how this has been an especially challenging time. <laughs> Even good deeds help in times like these. I'm just going through their <laughs> through their uh, <laughs> their blog post page, I guess, because they announced um, that, uh, you know, Dreamforce and I guess all other events this year will be either canceled or, you know, no, John, not canceled. Reimagined. Reimagine. There you go. Yeah, Dreamforce is going to be virtual. That's that's really interesting. That sucks for San Francisco because they make a lot of money off of that. I mean, this the whole thing sucks for everyone. I mean, there's a lot of people that are actually really suffering, unlike rich people that work for big tech companies in in Silicon Valley. Um, so I don't. Really, yeah, I do. You're right, though. You, I mean, all the, it's all the service workers. I mean, it's it's um, you know the service industry, all these other industries that kind of feed into the. Uh, event industry so they're yeah those people are definitely they're all laid off and oh what is that did you hear that no what in the hell is someone that oh did we just reconnect that was weird everything sounded that? fine on my end i got this weird skype noise and someone's someone's hacking the skype call no it said reconnecting I, it's like my, my skype thought we got re, uh, disconnected and then it reconnected us anyway that's skype for you whatever Anyway, um, but anyway, that, that clip I played, it's from a, it's on YouTube and it's this thing called every COVID-19 commercial is exactly the same. And <laughs> it is, it is. It's like, I, I, three especially and, like, like this. I, go ahead. I was gonna say it's, it's, um, that was just one segment of it. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I especially like this. I think I saw it on Twitter or somewhere, uh, or someone clipped it on Twitter and put it somewhere that I saw it, but it was probably my favorite favorite thing said so far is that instead of spending all this money advertising how thanking all these uh um essential essential employees or whatever they're called essential service people just pay them more like take the money that you're using to advertise and say we're such a great company thank you why don't you just take the money you spent on that to just you know support these people well and even i mean let's look at that logic those people are still very gainfully employed and and have a paycheck what about the non-essential people i mean yeah they're probably sitting at home with nothing to do but they i'm sure they'd love to have a job but they don't and they're the ones not making any money you know they're the ones that are yeah. trying to figure out how they're gonna how they're gonna put food on the table this week yeah no i get yeah. it and I, i'm definitely in a privileged situation where my skill set is in demand and i was able to find something pretty quickly after stressing because i was told i was not gonna have a job so yeah well luckily you have uh f friends in low places john i do i do i'm not i've never been clear is that a is that a condescending term a negative a derogatory term for friends friends like if they're places. in low places is that bad <laughs> is that a bad thing you said it i didn't so if <laughs> i it know is. i just said it because it's a song title but it sounded yeah. good 
Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, what so about this? So, that is it. No, see, this ahead. is the problem with recording this way. I can't see you, I, so I can't tell I, when you're about to talk. No, it's it's not that. It's just that we have a lot, about a 500 millisecond latency. So That's anyway, true. you you go. You ready? Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I was going to I was going to ask you how you felt about this Dreamforce thing. I think it was. It, you weren't planning much going, but, right? No, I wasn't going to go. Um, at this point, it was going to be inevitable. I think. I mean, I think we were just waiting for the announcement. I mean, you can't have a, a you, you can't even get two people together right now. How are we going? How are you going to go from two to one hundred fifty thousand within the, a couple of months? I just. But not only that, even not if a, everything opened up, you'd still have the fact that no one could plan any travel because well, plan travel, and you have companies that have sponsored things or have to, you know, get marketing materials made that they won't have time to do. Yeah, it's just, um, it'll be interesting to see though. And I don't know if we'll know this for sure or anything, but I've always wondered like, you know, does sell, is, is Dreamforce like a net negative for Salesforce in terms of, um, you know, just like the, I guess the direct costs or, or is this, is this a, is it a big moneymaker? And you got to think, I mean, I, I'm, of course it's expensive to put on an event like that with, with it being that big. But, you know, now the, the ticket prices are a couple of grand and, you know, they're, they're hitting up every partner for yeah, sponsor, yeah, you know, sponsorships. And oh, and silver man. And- Some of these things are go up to, you know, hundreds of thousands or, or millions of dollars to sponsor these things. And you kind of have to. That's just part of, the, part of the game, you know. And if they can't do these events, then what does that mean for Salesforce's bottom line? Um, I don't think we'll really know because even if, it, even if they do, you know, have a... Um, you know, if they're bottom, if they have a bad quarter uh, as a result of this or a bad couple of quarters, you know, it'll be, it'll just be blamed on the general COVID thing or whatever. Uh, and throw, you know, throw in some uh, currency headwind issues or some accounting, uh, you know, one-time tax, you know, treatment or some, some crap like that, right? They'll, that will be the reason why, because um, they don't really break out like what events, at least that I don't, that I recall what, you know, how much events cost them or what those, what those, you know, revenue and cost streams look like but man i'd love to know i'd love to know how much money do they make on dreamforce or i do they, they don't make yeah. much i, oh, I, I don't think, think they, they lose but i don't i don't think they i don't think they make much and if you do the math i mean even if like uh, even if only like eighty thousand people actually pay it may not even be that much but what is that that's 160 million dollars john <laughs> and that doesn't even, that's before you even start this adding up sponsorships so i don't know it's, I don't know anything about that event that, you know, large event in, uh, industry. So I have no idea. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if they're not making money on Dreamforce, they're doing something wrong. That's my thought. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to agree with that. I don't yeah, think it affected was- me much, but I, I liked some of the, some of the comments that, you know, some people were wondering if they were still going to get backpacks by attending the virtual. Yeah. Um, others asked, you know, how are we going to get the next Benioff book? Uh, I thought there were some really good suggestions. Maybe a, a Kindle copy. My is, suggestion is, there, is how, about, wait, how about this? How about a Kindle with it pre-installed? Yeah. Is there a new Benioff book? Mm-hmm. There there's is? Being writ- I think there's one being written right now, yeah. Oh, my God. They're keeping, uh, what's her name that they hired from uh, Washington? Or what, where was she? <laughs> um, this this author that we were tracking for a while. It's like... What is this lady doing? Turns out she's well, don't uh, quote me on that. I just, I just, I think, and I remember that recently in one of my feeds, I saw that there was a new Benioff book in the works. So I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. Uh, let's see. But he likes to write books. Well, he likes to have people write books about him. Yeah. <laughs> Mark's co-author. Let's see. Uh, Monica Langley. Monica Langley. Remember that name, John? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was interesting because she was a friend or is a friend of the the Trump family, and so then when does she, she, dance? Oh, she was because if she, she don't <laughs> dance, then she's no friend of mine. Okay, uh, just uh, <laughs> no. She was the Wall Street Journal. That's where it was for like thirty years. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So no dream force. Yeah. Yep, it's kind of sucks. Womp womp. Um, what else? Uh, so we have certification news for all those people who are into certifications. Uh, so effective immediately certifications that previously required maintenance three times per year will now require only one. And of course we knew that, right? That's not, 
we've known that for a couple of weeks or a month. Um, but another thing is, I guess they say launching December of this year is that the architect designer certifications. Is that a set? I don't even know what that is. Architect designer. Wait a minute. Is that more architect or more designer? It's like green, blue, and blue, green. Like which one is more green? Which one's more blue? I'm architect by all of it. Uh, yeah, me too. This is just, this is insane. Uh, they but keep man, splitting the, them up and, and especially when they get new tools and then they try, try to split them up. And I just, I'm losing my mind on some of it, but. T- talking about making money off the, off the plebes. These certifications, man, that's got to be a good business. Okay. Architect designer certifications will have their own designer maintenance module. Does that mean it comes in all the right, you know, colors and shapes and sizes? It's a designer maintenance module. Uh, created specifically for the designer and or architect audience. Does that, that is so just meaning- that that whole thing, John, was just word salad to me that has zero meaning. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, uh, and the lastly, I guess I'll try to uh, get it. they so say in addition, it in addition to required annual maintenance, we're releasing two new optional badges, and in br- square brackets, no slash low code and code uh, three times per year to help you continue to refresh your skills. So you won't have maintenance exams, but you'll have optional badges, badges that you can get. Um, These new badges will include hands-on challenges wherever possible. So you can test out the new features. Yeah. I've I've always thought, I think we've said this before that Trailhead will eventually take over the entire certification. Maybe not the official certification, but definitely all the maintenance and everything. Badges. We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. <laughs> don't get your badges. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. There we go. There's your PSA. Go, go get your. As uh, <laughs> if there weren't an, enough badges, now we got three new per maintenance that you can get. They're optional though, until they're not optional. Or unless you work for a partner that wants you to get all the badges because it helps their partner score or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. We both work for partners. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Foiled again. <laughs> yeah, I managed to avoid it for quite quite some time. I guess I'm going to have to belly up now. Oh, me too. I keep saying that, though. It's been a year and I still haven't done anything. Well, I remember that um, when you had that, that talk. Um Sit me down in your office and we need to have a discussion about your flair. You don't have enough flair. <laughs> don't exactly. you want to express yourself with your flair? It's I mean, look at Katie. <laughs> Katie has flair everywhere, yeah. even on the back. Exactly. I don't know where that this, came from. It's just it's just the cloud computing version of flair is all it is. Yeah. Well, but it's not uh, invaluable. I mean, Getting hands on, you know, getting going through the exercises and actually doing the exercises. I think, I think for a lot of people, people learn by doing less than just reading and, and theorizing about it. So I think the experience of learning that way helps. Um, but sometimes, especially like me, I sometimes just brute force my way through it as I'm, yeah, as I'm going. You know, I mean, I, I don't theoretically disagree with you on that. What amazes me though, because I do a lot of hiring and interviewing is the amount of people that have so many badges that can't do anything. It's like, how did you, I'm sorry, not just badges, certifications, like tens of certifications in some cases. And, you know, they've just mastered trailhead and they, yet they can't still can't do anything. It's like, how, how did you do this? Is who's taking these exams for you? I think it's more of they, they do them and they know them for that short period of time, but because they're not using them and they're not, kind of reinforcing that behavior they're they're losing it and so by the time they get to something real world where they have to demonstrate that they know that it you know they have to go back and refresh is this not like a a a near cousin of this whole um uh like professional student phenomenon like these i mean i've got family that has done this that you know how many how many different masters and doctoral degrees do you need to get before you go get an actual job and learn how to do stuff and I think some people are just, they're really comfortable staying in school until they're, you know, for, for, until forever, basically. And people that are just comfortable getting certifications and badges, but don't actually go and apply them. I mean, would you rather see someone with 15 badges or someone who, or sorry, 15 certifications or someone with like three certifications that 
have just done a ton of work in that field for the past, you know, five to 10 years. I, I think, I think it's always been the case that experience, experience counts. I think it's only been in, in times where, where the market is, where there's more people to apply for a job than the job is available, where they start kind of excluding, excluding you based on like certifications and degrees and all that kind of stuff. But when, when a market, when the, there's heavy demand and there's low supply, then I think experience will, will count for more than anything. And, you know, I, I feel like Salesforce, you know, you know, gamification was the big buzzword for a while. And, and Salesforce, they, they took that to heart. So they gamified the hell out of all this. And I think that's the other, another part of it. Maybe some people just like the, yeah, the game, the, the fun, the, the challenge aspect of it, I guess. Yeah, it's Pokemon. Yeah. They got to collect yeah, them all. You got to be on that leaderboard. Yeah. I mean, they, they'll stay up till the middle of the night to get that one badge, you know, that's only available for that one day or something and, and get it. And that, that's fine. I mean, that, it's, it's doing what it was designed to do, which was motivate people. I'm not knocking ma- for it, but yeah. Imagine if, you, imagine if you had to keep pumping quarters in every, every three or four minutes on uh, Trailhead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stay on that leaderboard, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can talk. <laughs> you, I was going to say, are you, you're, you're old enough to remember those days. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I, uh, I probably acquired some quarters in ways that I shouldn't have just so I could pump them into a machine. Hmm. Um, I got into my mom's uh, tip jar. (laughs) Got the quarters. Mm. What was I trying to play at the time? I don't remember. I don't remember. Galaga? No, it was, it was more modern than that, but yeah. Mm. What was the fight? Was it, was double dragon? Was that like an arcade? Was Double yeah. Dragon was one of them. Um, yeah. Maybe it was, um, was it Gauntlet? I think that's the one I was trying to play. It had like the three mm. different characters and the little gnome, not gnome. I forgot what character it was, but I don't know. That was, yeah. that was a long time ago. What about AI, well, man? No, I don't know. Why you isn't Einstein me. on this? I mean, why is Benioff sit in the boardroom talking to Einstein about when we can all go back to work? When's this going to be over? Oh, I just, like, I just, you mean? I just, I keep hearing these news reports, how the models have to get updated and no one really knows how to predict this. And I'm like, I'm thinking back to the last year or so where AI was going to take over our jobs. It was going to do everything and make every decision for us because it was there. The technology was there. Just needs the data. And I don't see any fruits of labor here. Well, maybe the problem is, is that uh, Anthony Fauci is not using Einstein for his models. Uh, maybe. Should maybe that's be. our problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just really cynical on the whole AI thing because it's become such a marketing thing. It, it's like smart apps. Like you had to call your app a smart app, you know, because it could, could, you know, conjure up some dashboards for you. And now it's synonymous with that. Now, now it has to be in your marketing material. Otherwise you can't compete. You have to, you have to, Whatever it is, you'd have to say, oh, it's an AI. It's got AI. Smart. And John, I feel like we're recycling our greatest hits today. <laughs> Badges and certifications, what, now, what now AI. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> I, don't I have a community topic and I have a re-review. Actually, that's a thing. Uh, let, me, let me get to that. Well, hang on. Hang on. Do we want to do those now? Because I've, I've got a couple. Uh, I got one other news. It's not like we were just coasting and recycling. No, no, no. So I, I, I didn't like, say coasting. I, okay. just, I just, these are just, I, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm very guilty of this, probably more than you. Um, recycling our greatest hits too often. <laughs> it's like people know how we feel about these things. And we, uh, our opinion, does, although, you know, I'm, I always like to say I have, you know, strong opinions, loosely held. And I, I love being proven wrong or changing my mind on things. It's, I find that extremely fascinating. Um, but some of these things, you know, they're just, I'm just not going to change my mind. It's because there's no new facts upon which to do so. Anyway. No, but they're, they're recurring so. themes. They're, they're recurring annoyances. Um, plus, to that point, uh, there's always a new listener, right? I, asked, I once asked a used car salesman guy I knew. You know, how do you make money? It's, there can't be people buying a car every day. And he goes, you'd be surprised. Someone's always turning 16. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People are. And I sure. didn't really think about it that way. I was like, well, yeah, you're right. Someone's always turning 16. Oh, new yeah. sucker. Someone's always going to need to buy a There's a sucker car. born every day. Exactly. Right? Not that our listeners are suckers, of course. We no, have the I'm, opposite of that. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Let me get through one more thing I wanted to mention. And then we'll get into other, your, your stuff. Which is that... Uh, the Oracle cloud landed a big deal. <laughs> and when I read this article, I, the first thing I thought was, wait a minute, Oracle cloud is actually a thing that still exists. 
But yeah, Zoom signed a big deal with Oracle for their all their cloud needs, and they uh, they passed on Amazon and Microsoft. Um, so what's interesting is that that hit the news like yesterday or Wednesday or Tuesday, and then yesterday, like a follow up, some follow up news comes out that the that uh, I guess let me see what was it Google announced yesterday they're giving away their is it called meat as an M E E T not the stuff you eat uh, I guess it's their video chat things and starting in May it's going to be free. Is that is that the Hangouts or is that something different? I mean, I don't know. Google just—it's probably a rebranded and, Hangouts. That that sounds familiar <laughs> to me. I think I saw it like that too. Maybe they're bringing back Wave or what was it? What was this? What was their social network? Um, uh, Google Plus. Plus, yeah, <laughs> Plus, Google Plus <laughs> <laughs> with the circles. Remember the circles or the rings? What they call them? The social rings or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> call this one uh, Google Plus Ultra. Oh, uh, there you go. Supreme, ultimate ultra is a okay. <laughs> um, and then Microsoft announced that I guess their their Teams product has now like seventy five million daily users, and last month it was forty four million, so it's up you know fifty percent over one month. So Google and Microsoft just become big competitors the same. So I think that's. Probably why, you know, I've had, let me finish my sentence. It's probably why they chose Oracle because they're not, they don't compete with Oracle, but it's funny because I do a lot of, quite a bit of AWS stuff. It's just, you know, when I need cloud resources, um, I tend to go to AWS because that's what I'm most comfortable with. I'm sure Azure is great. And I've done, I do some, um, I really haven't done not much Azure at all, except uh, when I have to go and configure people's, um, what do you call it? Um, Active Directory for Salesforce single sign-on. <laughs> That's my that's the extent of my experiences this active directory in the cloud business but um uh GC, GCP Google's cloud it, I've I've got some experience with it but mainly AWS that's where I'm most comfortable with and so you know when clients have needs for that kind of stuff I just kind of go to that and um uh what was I going to say where was I going with that John just how they're doing great and your experience with it I guess so I had some point to make we were talking about or- why Zoom might have chosen Oracle, though. But I oh, I know what I was. I know where I was going with this. So yeah, so I kind of lead with AWS just because you know I'm I'm best with AWS and I want to use my clients' uh, money, you know, effectively and efficiently. Mm-hmm. And and I know I can you know do efficient work on AWS. But I but I've had you know several clients who feel that either they or their customers are in strong competition with Amazon because Amazon pretty much competes with lots of different businesses now through their through retail, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this weird conflict of interest that I deal with quite often. And I have to reassure them that, trust me, um, unless your customers are you know, really tech experts, they're not going to know this is running on AWS. I mean, you could find out if you hired some tech nerd or if you had a tech nerd, you know? just trace some IP address yeah, or something like say, that. Just but trace like, the IP. Yeah. But I mean, nothing is going to say AWS. There's not going to, you know, nothing going to be in, uh, in the URL or any, any DNS names anywhere that are, that say AWS, you know, we can see name anything and whatever. Um, and so that, that usually is enough to assuage their concerns, but it's often a concern with AWS. That's interesting. I, I guess like, I guess you can't see that. Um, but it's treated like such a separate part of their business. Like it just doesn't overlap with retail. But I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Zoom and Oracle partnering up is a is potential for Zoom to get acquired by Oracle because I mean all the big players have their their ways of communicating and, and stuff like that, and Oracle doesn't have that. Oh, that's like, that's a really good point, John. I had not thought of that. But Zoom, um, yeah, they're, let's see, what's their stock doing? Zoom stock. Let's see. Well, they're down seven, eight percent today because of that news that came out today. But, you know, if you look at just their, like their six month chart, I mean, what, they were 60 something six mm-hmm. months ago and they just hit you know, 170. It's close today, like 135. They're just probably down on this. Uh, well, after the hype kind of sells down a little bit, but also based on some of this competitive uh, Zoom was down today just on news that um, Google was going to give theirs away for free. So 
But I mean, man, if you bought Zoom stock, even just a, a month or so ago, you know, you're, you're doing very well. I don't really see, I don't, well, I guess I, I was going to say, I don't really see what effect that would have because nobody wants to retrain on something else right now. Um, however, that whole deal with Zoom and, and security and all that kind of stuff probably has got people looking for something else and another free option like Google probably is a good play for them. Yeah, it's funny. We we were notified because, you know, we're a Salesforce partner, but we were notified from our um, from our contacts at Salesforce. They would not be joining any of our Zoom meetings because they are not allowed to. And we were like, hmm, okay. I don't know. That's not, <laughs> that could be a good thing. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, there's... um. There is some security virtue signaling going on uh, around Zoom right now. Yeah, I don't want to hear about it. I've done data migrations and data integrations, and I don't want to hear about these companies and how they take security seriously. I've seen way well, too much. I mean, I you know, Salesforce does take security very seriously. They have they do employ some pretty much top security experts. So I'm not saying they're not serious about it. No, I don't mean them. I was, I was being oh, okay. tongue in cheek about clients who like to act like their systems are super secure oh like yeah they, yeah they throw around csv they, they, files with their entire customer <laughs> base and social security exactly. numbers to third-party contractors by email or, or want or me they, to hold on to it for yeah. a few months in case they need yeah. it i'm like no i'm getting rid of it <laughs> or they uh they email you like an api key that has full access to everything <laughs> it's like uh, maybe we should have done that a different way by the way john what's your what's your preferment someone wants to send you some credentials how do they get them to you? What do you, what do I usually you ha- recommend? I, I usually, so it depends on what they have access to, but I'll, at the very least, two separate communications um, at separate times for the username, at least like verbally tell me what my username is or, and then send me the password separately or something like that. Um, or if I can, I'll have, have it go through separate channels, like drop a file uh, somewhere or something. So even for that single, right. So that for that, let's say I'm going to tell you their email, your username, but I'm going to, I'm going to send the password in some other media medium. What, what is that? What's your, what's the, what, what are your top choices for the sec- most secure way for me to send you, you know, a long, hairy password? You have, you have to ask that <laughs> right after I said, I don't want to hear about security, but oh. it, uh, cause it, it's really no good way of doing it other than someone sending you an email or sending you a message on instant message. Or if you can, if you can muster this, if you can trust that they're secure enough, um, a lot of times their IT department will send me security email. So I'll have to go through the whole thing of registering and putting passwords and getting the yeah. security email. Yeah. Um, or we can agree on a password, a separate password that goes in a zip file that goes into a secure uh, document storage that we both have access to and I can download it. Um, but a lot of times it ends up being someone sends it to me an email in plain text, which kind of sucks, but... So I don't, um, oh, that does suck. Emails, I mean, you know, most emails, I don't know. It's definitely insecure. It's more secure than it used to be because most of the SMTP interchanges are all are all secure. Are they're, they're encrypted nowadays, but in general, email is still pretty insecure. Um, I actually, per, my, my go-to is iMessage, <laughs> actually, because I, I, I feel pretty confident in iMessage. Um, and also, I believe, you know, like Skype chat, I think is, is um considered to be secure and 100% encrypted. I believe Zoom chat is nowadays too. Yeah, that's what I meant um, by the channels. Yeah. So like someone will Slack it to me or they'll, they'll IM it to me or something along those lines that we both have access to. But, but definitely no SMS. But even those aren't secure no SMS. because... No, 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 no SMS. But sometimes those are insecure because they log everything. And those logs are on your hard drive. And unless you, if, unless you have your system set up to not log it on both sides, then it's there. Yeah, so I mean, on an iMessage now, you know, you can delete messages, and I believe it it deletes them across the whole thing, right? So yeah, no, no, no. I think you have to have it set up that way because I can delete a message on my phone; it'll still be on my iPad. Do you not have? um, There is a. I thought there was a setting that. um, Well, if there is, it's not on by default because I'm always having to chase it down and manage all that separately. So maybe I should look yeah. into that. Yeah, um, I think I think of some some kind of iCloud thing, but yeah, I think you, I think you can you can securely delete messages, which I don't think was always the case though. So I don't know. Uh, but anyway, okay. Well, do you want to get to whatever it is you wanted to do? 
Sure. <laughs> yeah, I know we had a. I know. I know we had a couple of questions or something come in and something. You know what? There was also there was a conversation in in the in the Slack, the Good Day Sir Slack, which is by the way, if you're not in it, it's at GoodDaySirPodcast.com, and you click on Community. That's how you sign up. Yep. Um. But no, there was a there was a, and I, I saw um, friend of the show Shane McLaughlin was. Talking about this, I guess these new capabilities Flow has and how it's almost, you know, on par with triggers and performance and different stuff. <clears throat> and, you know, the sentiment was, and there's a lot of people conversing, it wasn't just Shane, but, um, and I wanted to, I wanted to chime in, but I also knew that it would be like a drive-by <laughs> because I didn't have time to stay and, and continue the conversation. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to drive-by bomb people with my opinion and then leave and not come back for a week. But my thought was... I guess we, I think you know one thing that was expressed was like you know hey now that now that flows you know are yeah, kind of have parity with triggers and at least in lots of ways um, we're not I don't want to do any triggers ever again I want to do nothing but flows and really yeah and I and I and and that's just the world we're going to live in and, and I just thought to myself you know that's just another. I don't know how many feet I have, but that's another foot I'm stepping out of the Salesforce development world, if that's the case. If that's the world this is going to be, then sayonara, because it is just not even close to as good as if you have, in, in Apex, you know, it's not my favorite language in the world. Again, back to our oldies, uh, oldies but goodies, you know, our greatest hits. It's, it's not my favorite <laughs> language. Um, but it, you know, it's diffable. It's, um, you know, with modern tools like Illuminated Cloud and probably the Salesforce's VS Code thing, you know, it's got, when you're in a big code base, you know, you can, you can navigate around intelligently. You can diff things. It plays nice with the version control. Um, the way you can compose and extract logic, right, into separate units to just have better architecture and and think and make things more testable and all that. I mean, I'm you're going to have to pry that from my cold dead hands or I will get out of this business. I will get out of this business. I will not be in a business where draggy droppy is the top priority over all those things I just mentioned. It's just not, I'm sorry. It is just you are not going to build near as well of a structured, architected, and testable system. Here's not. Uh, how do I respond to that? <laughs> I kind of disagree with you, but I, 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 I see your point, and I do agree with you. However, I think the problem is, is the way the peop is the way people are advertising things like this. It's that it's the only way to go. Co code is dead. Point and clicky is the way to go, and that's the only thing you should be doing. Which I think is the wrong mentality. I think it should be the right tool for the right job. And depending on your situation, you should be able to analyze your problem and try to figure out what the best solution is or best tool to use for that situation at that given point in time. Um, or if you're trying to, you know, extend it out and try to predict what, what your needs are going to be, then fine. But I think that's the approach people need to have. We need to stop doing this whole, it has to be declarative. It has to be this, it has to be that. And, and focus on solving problems. I think that's what gets lost whenever we see this marketing speak about here's this tool and it solves all your problems and you don't have to use anything else and code is dead and, and developers are icky and it, it ignores the real problem of, of our profession, which is we're here to solve problems and those problems are not easy and they're, they're not static. They're unique to each individual individual or even company's needs. Yeah, and 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 we know that Salesforce is always. I mean, that the the marketing machine is always going to put whatever message they they think is going to help them out um, in the sales game, and that's fine. I can deal with that. Uh, what I can't deal with is smart people who I respect. Um, you know, taking taking this kind of position. That that's when I'm just like I. You know, and, and 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 of course, your point. You know, right tool for the job, I and mean, that's we can't lose sight of that. And, and you know, if you've got, if you're a small company with the kind of a small org, and you've kind of got a snazzy admin that can drag and drop some photos, that, that's great. That's actually great. Um, I think that's what those tools are for. Um, but I don't. That's not the kind of work I do. That's not the kind of work that people bring me in 
to, to do. I'm building big systems that will absolutely not work. They will fall down at their knees. They will not be maintainable or understandable or any of this or testable or anything. If you break it, if you build it with a bunch of draggy droppies, it's not going to cut it. And, but it, you know, when the prevailing wisdom amongst people in this business who are smart and technical is, well, I'm just going to do all draggy droppies nowadays. Then that's when I'm just like, you know what? This is not my jam. This is not my place, man. I don't, you know, it's just not where I want to be. Yeah. I think it kind of ignores the collateral, the collateral damage that the wrong tool f- for a solution can cause. I mean, you, there are things that you can do with Process Builder, and you can get really crazy and chain it and bring in flows into the mix, and you can get it done. But are you going to be able to maintain it later? Are you going to be able to to advance it later? Because it's gotten so convoluted by all the different steps that you had to do to implement it from a declarative standpoint. Whereas with code, it because it's more expressive and because you can do certain things with it, it could be much more easier to read, easier to maintain, and all of all of the above, but because you were so stuck on it's got to be declarative, or I only know declarative, and so I've got to do it this way, um, you could end up with a lot of collateral damage, in my opinion. And I've seen it. I've seen it with a lot of a lot of projects where um, we had some really strong people who really knew the tool, really knew process builder and flows really well, and they did some really crazy stuff with it. But in the end, sometimes it came down to me having to rewrite it because it just couldn't be maintained. Yeah. Yep. I mean. And, and the, the tricky thing has always been, you know, it's, it's hard to know when you've crossed that line of, yeah. Oh crap. Yeah. You know, we've gotten this far on declarative stuff. Um, and it's been great. You know, we've, we've created a ton of value um, up to this point, but if we don't do something, if we don't change how we're doing this going forward, then, you know, and, and the thing is like usually you find out too late. It's, it's, it's not that you sit down and you have this, uh, you know, the, all this foresight, I can, you know, you, you know, with your team and like, Oh, we're, you know, whatever it's, it's usually, that's not the way it works. The way it works is, Oh crap. Everything has stopped working on our last deployment and we don't know how to fix it. We can't roll it back. And we, you know, the error messages are indecipherable and we don't, you know, we can't, we can't wrap our hands or heads around it. I mean, that's, that's the situation you, you know, it's, it's always a forcing function that gets you in that, yeah. into that situation where you've got to have that meeting. And that's just unfortunate. I mean, and I don't know, I don't, you know, I don't have any great advice to that. Again, I, you know, you, you use the right tool for the job and, you know, you do what you can do, but man, um, you know, even, even with flows, I mean, it all, it kind of boils down to, you're still just setting bits, whether you're writing, you know, a, a textual based code solution to things or whether you're dragging and dropping things or, Clicking or writing, you know, workflow field updates. I mean, it, it, they all boil down to ones and zeros on some hard drive somewhere. It's just how, it's just how good are the tools uh, that you're using to create those ones and zeros. And at some point that becomes very important. And just when, again, when the prevailing wisdom is just, that's not important, then that's when, that's when I'm just like, this is, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the thing that hurt, I guess hurts my heart is knowing that, man, if this is becoming the prevailing th- thought, then I have so much. My, the re-education I'm, I have to do is becoming more and more difficult every day. The changing of minds that I have to do, people that have been programmed by the Ohana and the Dream Forces and the Trailheads and the, the connections and the, all these events and the marketing messages and the email campaigns and all this. I mean, I've got to undo all that so people can actually understand you know what the what the true what the reality on the ground is and that's just that's just i don't know how much of that i have left in me been doing it a long time yeah it it does get a bit disheartening to have to kind of lower expectations because that's what it feels like it feels like it doesn't feel like you're offering a new and better way of doing something it feels like you're trying to lower their expectations to reality which kind of sucks yeah. Anyway, I mean, I didn't want to. I don't want to harp on this any longer. It's just a different, a different chapter, and yet the new, latest chapter in this book. So, anyway, let's let's get on to our community well, since content. We, John. Since we've been talking about rehashing an oldies but goodies, um, apparently you can re-review your review on iTunes. So, 
I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> is it like a, is it like a follow-up review? Did we get a follow-up review? We did, because I, oh. I, I subscribed to the service that basically sends me all of our reviews, which doesn't happen often enough. So if you'd like to write a review, please do. We enjoy those. Uh, plus, I pay 20 bucks a month for that <laughs> tool. So. Wow. How much is that per review, do you think, at this point? I don't know. The, the main reason <laughs> I got it is because iTunes has this really crappy way of looking at reviews. You have to log into the region. So if you were like in Europe, I'd have to log into the Europe iTunes URL to see the reviews for our show. So I got so the service that goes across all, all, all uh, regions and aggregates it and sends it to me when they happen. So it, it's been a good tool for that, but um, so we don't miss any. But yeah, that's that's what that is what it is. Anyway, so this review was back in 2018, and that's I was like, why am I getting this review from 2018? Did their server hiccup or something and send me an old review? But then it it said recent edit, and I was like, oh, someone must have re-reviewed. So. Well, I'm curious to see whether we've gone up, whether the arrow is pointing up or down for the Good Day Sir podcast. <laughs> I know. So I'll read the original review. And the original review was uh, irreverent, impartial, and honest. Uh, this review says, this is a must-listen podcast for anyone in the Salesforce community interested in technology and business. It is always informative, sometimes wide-ranging, often focused, and I can't wait to listen to the next one every week. I love that I learn something every time. Um, and the... <laughs> The Uh-oh. re-edit. So you can only go down from there, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then it says, recent edit, uh, still listening, still learning, and still loving it. Uh, and that was from Benjamin Bell 73 in the UK. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was afraid we were going to go down. Like, well, I have to take back everything I said because these guys have gone downhill. <laughs> they're, getting, yeah. they're getting seen out in their old age. <laughs> well, we've been doing this oh, for, for a long time. Oh. I, I, I'm, I'm always worried that at some point we need to give it up because we're just... We're just no longer relevant or something. I don't know. So I, someone told me I, I got our numbers completely wrong the other day when we were talking about that. I said we I said we started in 2000. What did I say? I can't remember now. 2000. I think I said we started in 2007. And it was 13 years. But the truth is we, we started in 2013 and it's been seven years. <laughs> oh. so, but that's the. Yeah. And you didn't catch me either, John. You're like my wife. She'll let me go out, you know, out of the house with uh, like my shirt on backwards and won't say anything to me. It's like, what? <laughs> with your fly open? <laughs> yeah. With your fly open when you're going commando, it's just, just hanging out in the wind. Well, no, that, that's a little extreme, but. <laughs> I know, but it was a fun visual, wasn't it? At, at that point, at that point, it's, no, it wasn't. <laughs> anyway, but, but at that point, that would be my fault. Uh, yeah, that would be. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for the review. Uh, yeah, that was great. for the re-review. That's awesome. I figured you would plug a, yeah. a write a review segment there. Oh, well, I think you already did. But no, we do, we do like reviews. I mean, uh, it's, you know, I, my biggest thing is that supposedly it, does, it, it you know, feeds into the, the search algorithms, whether it's on iTunes or any of these other places. And, it you know, we get ranked a little bit higher. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then it, you know, it sh- we show up more. And we, you know, and, and so more people who, you know, think of all the people in the, in the Ohana, John. That don't even know about this podcast that, that could, you know, would pro- maybe, you know, enjoy it if they knew about it. You can't enjoy something if you don't even know about it. So that's the whole, you know, only reason. It's not like we're, again, this is a, uh, this is like an open source, non-commercial podcast. We have no commercial uh, endeavors here. It's just simply so to help people find it. So. Yeah, iTunes and what? Where can you leave Ruby? Stitcher, maybe Google. Google's uh, is the Play Store. Stitch. I don't think Google lets you do reviews, but I. But if you can, oh, I bet it does. Um, yeah, I think iTunes, iTunes is the best place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, there's another place. Some of these other services do let you write reviews as well, and I somehow get those in my feed. I'm not sure how that happens. Oh no, I'm thinking uh, contact us forms. Mm. Never mind. Never mind. I said. That. Hey, Hey, have you been listening to the, um, I guess it's the Salesforce developer podcast that Salesforce does? No, I've been meaning to. Is it, is it uh, any good? It's got to be, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a totally different format than, than us. Um, is it more like interview-based or? It's interview-based. So every show is a different person, different interviewee. Um, it's run by Josh Burke. I think that's his name, Josh Burke. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's, it's his show. He runs the show. Um, and it's, you know, it's the format is, um, you know, uh, new interview, new guests every time, different topic. And you know, they're kind of short episodes. They're, they're tight. They're edited um, and they're tight. So, I mean, it's, 
I think it's a good, I think it's a pretty good format. And, and, you know, I don't necessarily, I'm not interested in all the episodes, but there's been certain ones that have been, you know, pretty good. Oh, cool. I think it's worth checking out if you haven't. I have not. And I need to, I mean, I need to catch up on all my podcasts. There's also, um, a relatively new one called the Salesforce way or Salesforce way. Um, that uh, has like been pretty regular magazine kind of in a way. Um, but no, it's, um, it's been pretty regular and it's also the, the interview format pretty, pretty tightly edited. Um, and actually I didn't realize this until I was looking back through old Twitter mentions and stuff, but the guy that runs it um, reached out to, I don't know if it was just me or you too. I don't remember, but in asking like, we know what, what systems and software and services we use to run the podcast and everything. I guess that was before he launched it, but uh anyway so i i uh told him what we did i don't know what he chose but but yeah that's been yeah. a pretty good uh, relatively new podcast obviously focus on salesforce since it's called the salesforce way which i guess is draggy droppy right <laughs> that's the salesforce way <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> Od- oddly enough it seems to be a more technical oriented podcast so a lot of it is i think uh in fact uh one of the more recent episodes was uh, Adam Olshansky, mm-hmm. uh, old old friend of the show. I don't know if he still listens or not, but I run into him. I run into him every once in a while. Um, but he was on talking about. I guess he works for Google. Um, but uh, they were talking about. I think Trigger Framework or something, and it sounded pretty interesting. So yeah, kind of pretty pretty techy. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, I gotta love those old Trigger conversations. There's it's still a problem that needs to be solved. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is solved, but it's, I mean, it's one of those things, you know. You well, I think it gets misinterpreted, too, because I saw some, some code recently, and I'm like, I don't think this person understands the concept of trigger handler, because just the way they did it, I was like, yeah, it wouldn't have done it that way. But. So even, even within the guise of, I'm, I'm, I understand the framework and, and dispatching all the communication to another class, it, just the implementation gets lost sometimes, I think, too. Yeah, and you see Anyways, some... We um, I was going to say, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> then I will stop what I was going to say. <laughs> no, say what you're going to say. Now I'm curious. And it's like, I feel like we're at a dinner party. You just like kind of, kind of kicked me in the back of the leg to tell me to shut up about something. <laughs> no, say it. Say it. Nope. No, I'm good. Started. I'm done. Now I, now I look done. like the bad guy. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, let's I was, let's I, get to this community topic then. Okay. Uh, this person says we can use their name. Uh, his name is Richard Cook. Says just finishing to uh, just finished listening to episode two fifty one with your latest rant or discussion about Apex as a language and the languishing state of Salesforce development infrastructure. Wow, languishing! Do you think that Salesforce's plan to solve this is evergreen? Just let the legacy way lay there, and the devs use evergreen for future development. Just walk away from the branch instead of adding more weight to it. Evergreen is built into the name, after all. When it's available, would you consider using Java or JavaScript in Evergreen to do Salesforce projects? I remember that discussion because we got into uh, yeah. the whole branch thing. Yeah, I, I, I really think Evergreen is a, um, it, what's the word? It, it's it's kind of orthogonal to what Salesforce already does. It's it sol- it solves incremental use cases. Um, your you know, transactional use cases are still going to be with, you know, triggers and apex and, or flow and process builder and workflow. Um, I think I don't, I don't really, I don't know enough about evergreen, but I believe it's, it's, you know, outside it's extra transactional. It's, it's for types of jobs that you really can't do on the Salesforce platform. Um, you know, Salesforce is giving you a way to do those um, probably in, a, a choice of you know a couple languages probably one of those things where eventually they'll add more languages um but yeah i mean it's, it's probably just you know salesforce provisioning and running your um you know kind of like serverless jobs for you instead of you having to go to aws and set that up and and you know there's probably some value-added integration between salesforce and uh, you know the salesforce platform and however they're running evergreen such that if you are running these on, you know, AWS Lambda or something or functions that uh, you, you're not going to get, you know, so Salesforce, it's not going to just going to be, oh, here, here's AWS Lambda. We're just, we're reselling you 
you know, serverless from Microsoft or Amazon, or it's not going to be that. It's going to be something where it's, it's you know, it, that is what they're doing, but they're also tying it into the platform in value-added ways. That's my, that's my thoughts on it. And, but no, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to change how you do triggers. It's not going to change how you do, you know, lightning web, you know, LWC development or really anything else. It's it kind of net new. Well, I, think it, I think it has the potential to change how you do it. I mean, imagine just treating a trigger like you should be treating it as a way to dispatch to your business logic layer and that business logic layer being inside of an evergreen container. Yeah. So right now, how you if you have something that just is kind of an asynchronous thing, you may you may you may have a trigger that fires off a, like a future or a what are the what are the other ones nowadays? Um, a platform uh, event, queuable uh, or a platform event. Yeah, and I think this is just another. You know, you can probably have a trigger that fires off an evergreen job. That you know, again, it. But the difference here is that it's something that you know, if uh, they can do things that you can't, you just can't do on the. Salesforce platform, or, you know, and think of all the, you know, think of all the, 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 the libraries that are available to you when you are doing node development or Java development. It's just, it's, it's worlds and worlds more than what's available to you in the Apex land. So it does, it does. You're making the argument to, to basically use it for everything. I mean, imagine. imagine No, 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 only, no, no, not not at all. Not at all. Because. There's there's cost to it. It's it's it is a it is a different language. And 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 well, you know what? Apex. I think they said Apex is one of the languages they'll support. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. But um, you know, you probably can use Apex. But if you're if you have something that needs to be a Node job or a Java job or something, um, you know, and it, and it also a lot of I mean the other use case it supports is you may be able to I forget what the product is that that ties these Salesforce jobs into, into other AWS stuff. But if you're a company where, or organization where you, you already have a lot of things on AWS, you can probably tie into that as well. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about the, the developer workflow. I mean, imagine being able to release something and roll it back. Just something simple well, that like that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Cause if, it's if all your business logic is in say Java or something or some library you have a completely different development flow than you do in Apex. Exactly, especially if there's a lo- like a loose coupling between, you know, the Salesforce metadata land and and your Evergreen job, such that, you know, maybe you refer to your Evergreen job by some kind of identifier, unique unique name or an ID or something, and you can maintain that Evergreen, you know, whatever it is, bundle, build, whatever, using, you know, NPM or Gradle and Maven or one of these things. And it's just totally outside of of the of the typical you know Salesforce metadata deployment cycle. So yeah, you can you know whatever all those tools that are exist in those worlds. I mean, you know, roll forward, roll back, do whatever you want. You know, deploy every time you commit code. You know, many times a day. It's things that are just very very difficult if you're doing them in on the Salesforce platform. You know, it's an opportunity to get things off of the platform to take advantage of. I mean, Salesforce has got strengths, but these other systems, you know, non-Salesforce stuff has has strengths too. And sometimes you want to be able to uh, get use of the, you know, things that aren't available to you on Salesforce. So just as a, just as an exercise, I mean, knowing that, I mean, would you choose to offload most of your logic to, to Evergreen? No, or you think there's no, some not at all. As well? No, I don't think so. I don't think you can. I don't think that makes sense. I mean, a lot of things that you know you've implemented as triggers. I mean, it's gonna. It makes sense to stay. You want that on platform. That needs to be in as a part of transactions. And transactions, you know, don't work super well when when they're spanning across data centers and clouds and across the internet. You know, you don't. don't you know, Salesforce would never allow soft. It's MuleSoft's bread and butter right there. Well, oh sure. <laughs> By the way, oh, don't get me started on MuleSoft. Oh my gosh. And and how it's getting. Oh my gosh, it's 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 being pushed extremely hard now. It's, it's like it's like there's no other way to do it. It's only meal stuff. That's the only thing in the world. And by the way, you know, I don't know. I don't even. I shouldn't even get into it. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I do agree with you though. I think I think I don't think it's going to replace Apex, and it's not going to be a branch you can walk away from. But I do think there are going to be much more opportunities to kind of move some of your logic, especially business logic, in have you know 
things that require a lot of processing or even 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 better proprietary technology or algorithms or things like that you might want to offload but yeah i i think the transactional aspect is still very important especially when you're talking about spanning multiple records and data integrity and all that kind of stuff it becomes I mean, it does become a separate system with a, almost like an integration. So it's something that you do have to think about and orchestrate, and it becomes one more point of failure as well. So I yep. think all of that has to be considered um, when you're architecting your solution built around it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, you're right. It's a, it's another, it's another technology that you're adding to your, you know, to your portfolio. And then the question is, you know, does it is it make sense to add another technology? I mean, what do you what value are you getting out of it versus the, you know. Uh, definite cost you're going to be adding to the just the, the knowledge surface area that you've got to cover. You've got to have staff that can cover the whole surface area of your solution. And you're adding to that with this, you know, and should you, should you, or shouldn't you? And you know, yeah, if you have an, ev- of, usually if you have an evergreen problem, you're going to know it. Yeah. And I think in terms of cost, I think you're referring to kind of the technical cost of it. I think like the technical debt perspective Exactly. Maintaining yeah. and owning it. But mm-hmm. we haven't, all of this the entire conversation is assuming that Evergreen is free, which I don't know if it will be. No, I'm not assuming it's so free. So there might be an actual monitor. I'm not, I'm not, cost. no, no. I'm, I'm not assuming it's free at all. I mean, even if. No, even what if I'm saying costs, is, is the, the, I think the question is coming at it from the perspective that it's free, that you would have both technologies. And if given they're both free, meaning you get Apex for free and you get Evergreen for free, which one would you prioritize over the other? You really got to stop using this word free, John. Why? Because it's just very inaccurate. <laughs> and we don't know what the pricing is. We don't know what it's going to cost. We don't know if it's going to be a included feature or not. Uh, you're, you're, you're paying for it. I mean, again, Salesforce is, uh, I, I, you can't look at very many technologies, especially cloud technologies, where it just gets more expensive over time. I, I couldn't, honestly couldn't name another I, one other than yeah, Salesforce. Yeah, I know. You can say it's going to be built into the cost of your license and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's right. never free. But there were technologies, especially early on technologies like, uh, or you remember advanced reporting? You had to pay for that. Yeah, sure. I mean, yep. it's just saying. Yep. Yeah. I mean, once it becomes, you know, amortized and depreciated, then you give it away for free. Or in the case, or unless the, uh, you know, the natives get a little bit too restless about it, like they did with, what was it, advanced analytics, I think? That's the one I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, John, let's start wrapping up. I am, uh, boy, it's been a heck of, I would say week, but it's like, I feel like it's weeks now. I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad we got to record though, because we, we didn't get to last week and yeah, last week uh, was tough. Glad we squeezed one, squeezed one in this. This was, this this barely happened. We were like, (laughs) we didn't record this week. I'm like, we'd like, well, I think I have an hour at this point. I'm like, I think I might too. Let's try then. Yeah. Hey, what'd you bring to drinks as a recycling old things? Man, I'm drinking a great beer. I only got three of them, but they're stovepipe cans, which are these, you know, stovepipe can is? Yeah. I think they're, so they're like the 19. Tall, yeah, they're, the they're tall taller than. Yeah. So this is one pint and 3.2 fluid ounces, which is 19.2 fluid ounces. Um, but it's a collaboration between Wayfinder, which is in California, and Modern Times, which is, I think Wayfinder. Wait a minute. I gotta fact check myself. Wayfinder beer. Uh, that's in Oregon. Interesting. Okay, Portland. Collab between Wayfinder and Modern Times, who I think is in San Diego. Anyway, it's called. I can't even read the name of this. A, is this A B A D N O N? I don't even know how to say this. Abandon. Oh, is it abandoned? No, I can't. The font is so. You know, this. I this is one of my nitpicks about these these breweries nowadays. Um, they're using these fonts on their cans that I cannot read the name of the damn beer. And I'm like, I That's want to check this to. in. Uh, no, it's okay. No wonder I couldn't read it. First of all, the fonts are, but it's also it's Abaddon, A-B-A-D-D-O-N. Um, but it's a, it's a, just a hellish lager and it's freaking amazing. I love it. I'm sad that I only got three cans of it. <laughs> I should have went first because, uh, yeah, yours is awesome. But I, mine is really an oldie but goodie. It's one I've been drinking for forever, and I still love it, and I haven't had it in a while. So I went out and got some Blue Moon, and I, I love that beer. really do. Well, if you love that, then at least try to find, like, um, a Sela still around? Celis, whatever they call it, Celis White. I mean, that's what 
got, I mean, that, th- those are the, that's the who garden or ho garden people, um, mm-hmm. that family, um, or even better, um, uh, oh gosh. Um, who is, uh, oh my gosh, Allagash, Allagash white. That that's the, the OG American, um, you know, kind of, yeah, white belt, Belgian yeah. white beer. I don't know if you can get them here or not. I'm actually not totally sure, but that's that's the real thing. I mean, Blue Moon is a mass-produced, you know, oh, know. Coors Coors product. Know. Um, it's, I'm, I'm not saying I'm it's not, a, not I'm above not, hey, mass I'm not, produced beer. No, I'm not either. I'm not either. I mean, I'll hey, listen. Depending on what I've got around, I mean, I'll I'll slam a Miller Lite. I don't care. <laughs> no, I was just craving something something familiar and something I haven't had in a while, and I got nostalgic for Blue Moon because that was that was my my beer for a long time. Yep. Hmm, interesting. Cold beer and cheeseburgers. I'd always get a blue moon. Oh, really? Yeah. Blue moon and God, I can't remember. That, 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 I, one thing I remember that about that place is, and of course, I'm from Texas, right? Um, but you would get, and this was up in Ohio, mm-hmm. you order nachos and they bring you like chips with, you know, football, Friday night football, cheese sauce, part of them with like a half a can of warmed up chili sprinkled <laughs> over the top. Like, <laughs> This well, is not they, nachos. Didn't they do the chili on spaghetti thing up there too? Oh yes, that yeah. is so weird. That's weird. I don't understand. Yeah, that. It had yeah. to be spaghetti with chili and then a mound of cheese. I think oh. and onions or something like that. I don't remember, but so wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. <laughs> yep. And to that, I say good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.